You're listening to the Frugal Spender Podcast, where we have conversations about the one thing you've always been told not to talk about, personal finance. Hey guys, and welcome back to the Frugal Spender Podcast. This is episode 22, and in this episode, I'm going to be talking about money anxiety, something that I've always struggled with myself, but also something that in the time of a cost of living crisis, more and more people that may not have noticed the feeling before are likely to be feeling it now. This episode isn't going to go into the complexities of any medical conditions around anxiety. It is an episode about what money anxiety is and my experiences with it, as well as some practical ways to alleviate it. They're not only worked for me, but also people that I'm speaking to on a daily basis about their finances. Right then, so we should probably start with the question, what is money anxiety? Money anxiety is the feeling of worry or angst about money, a fear of a looming payment potentially, a job loss or a total lack of control of your finances that leaves you with a constant feeling of subtle sometimes or potentially not so subtle dread. Anxiety being such a buzzword at the moment that might even lead people to avoid talking about it. Truthfully, it's all too easy these days to throw around the word anxiety, which somewhat dilutes the suffering that many people are actually feeling when it comes to their money. It's important to recognise that anxiety is an important emotion for humans. It lets us know that there's a potential for something to go wrong, which should make you take action and prevent the worst case scenario from happening. And of course, when people don't take action based on their anxious feelings, they will remain in a constant state of anxiety, which is highlighted in today's society with social media in particular. We are bombarded with unrealistic images and ideals of how we all should be, how we should look and act, leaving most people feeling inadequate. And without taking a proactive approach to limit your exposure to all of this fakery, we could very easily be in a constant state of anxiety. This is no different when it comes to your money. And in the Western world, we are encouraged to compete with each other. It is, in some respects, the basis for capitalism. Be better than others and you will succeed and have more things and money. This works well to build powerful economies, but doesn't do too much for the net worth or the bank balance of the average citizen. We feel the need to appear as though we're succeeding more than we are, whether that's to hide personal inadequacies or simply because it's what your friends are doing and potentially your parents did. Marketing 101 for huge corporations that want to sell you as much stuff as possible is to make you feel like you're inadequate in some way in a certain area and then sell you the solution. From car manufacturers to clothing, advertising is all based around this feeling you get when you buy something. You will look and feel cool if you buy our products. This is then exacerbated by people around you buying these items and then causing you to feel even worse for not having the same things or better things than they do. This then often causes many people to get into debt just to keep up with the people around them, which then causes people often to suffer in silence because they're living above their means using loans and credit cards and other sorts of debt. And often people don't want to speak up about it because they might appear to be poor, for example. So it feels as though the better option is to quietly stroll through life with debt just hanging over your head all the time. This is really something that has just become normalised in society. It's just what we do in the West. We use debt to buy things we don't actually need, but we've been told that we do. The benefit being, of course, we have nicer things potentially, nice luxury cars, watches, clothes. The downside being that we are in a constant state of catch-up, 
causing money anxiety to spread like wildfire. And of course, money anxiety doesn't just apply to those chasing a lifestyle they can't afford. It more scarily, in fact, applies to people who are in a bad financial situation, which of course comes in a variety of different flavours. Whether you have grown up in a poor household or you've lost a job or you've just accrued debts through just trying to buy the basics or gambling in my case. And in my opinion, no anxiety in either situation is worse or better. It's subjective and feels real to anybody who's going through it. And as I've alluded to there, I myself have struggled massively with money and anxiety. And to an extent, I kind of still do. I spoke about it in my first ever podcast episode, episode number one. I have, for as long as I can remember, been aware that money was a limited resource for my family and I. Having a single mother raising three children in a third world country meant that making sure all the basics were covered was pretty much the goal. And growing up seeing my friends around me getting the latest tech and toys made it feel a little bit worse when I was getting low-end MP3 players rather than a brand new iPod. Now, these are things that I know now to mean absolutely nothing, and I'm forever grateful for my mother for even buying me anything remotely like this, because I know it was a struggle for her. But at the time, you are fully aware that we didn't appear to have the same resources as the people around us. The key word there being appear, because of course, nobody really knows what happens financially behind closed doors with my friends and their families. And that's something that talking about personal finance quite a lot now to people around me and clients and just people I know it's really opened my eyes over the last few years appearances really can be deceiving but for me growing up and getting a job allowed me to buy things I previously couldn't have which led me to kind of overcompensate I suppose this with the total lack of financial understanding or know-how led me to get into credit card debt on two separate occasions both about 10 years apart and I did nothing in between that time to increase my knowledge around the subject of money. And the second time I got into debt, it absolutely crippled me, which led me to then seek out how to be good with money. And of course, leading me to creating content just like this on the subject. For me, the anxiety that I felt on a daily basis around money stemmed from me not facing truths. I had a partner that managed pretty much all of our finances, which meant that I really had no idea how much we actually earned versus what was going out. And then this in turn led me to be pretty impulsive, not on big items, just little things, but I spent whatever was in my bank without considering the overall effect on mine or my family's financial situation. I would always, and I mean always, get around the 20th of every single month and then I would check my bank account, which (laughs) freaked me out because it was obviously either zero or potentially my overdraft, which just ramped up my anxiety even more all the way up until payday. And then the process just starts all over again. What is the definition of insanity again? Oh yeah, doing the same thing over and over again with an expectation of a different result. Unfortunately, money anxiety for me is something I need to address pretty regularly. I'm aware that it creeps in even when I do regular reviews of what's happening in my life financially. I still feel it every now and again. I need to check myself. I religiously do a monthly budget, but the problem with that is the better you get at budgeting, the less time you spend focusing on it, which then leads you to become pretty sloppy. This is also true when you earn more money. It's a trap that makes you feel comfortable, which leads you to spend more money more frivolously, which then makes it easy to go over budget and then kicks off the anxiety all over again. I felt money anxiety when I had no money and was in debt, and I feel it now every now and again being debt-free and earning more than I ever have. So hopefully from that you can understand that we all feel money anxiety, I think, to a certain degree. But the good news is there are some things that I think every single person can do to minimise that feeling 
or to just eradicate it entirely from your life. So let's look at some ways to combat it. And the first thing I would recommend to anybody who's suffering from money anxiety is to take stock of where you're at and be very, very honest about your current situation. Find out how much you earn, like literally to the penny. Find out exactly how much debt you're in and who you owe it to. Often the actual situation isn't as bad as you expect it to be. And yes, sometimes it can be worse, but the feeling of the unknown should dissipate, leaving you with some clarity. And with clarity, you can then make a plan to get out of the situation. The truth is most people just don't even get this far. They're just going to pretend like everything's okay for as long as possible until something blows up and they're forced to address it. Create a spreadsheet, a Word document, or just write it down somewhere. However you document it, you need to have something tangible that you can see your entire financial situation in front of you. Now that we know where we are, we can figure out where we're going. But just the act of taking some action in the right direction will alleviate some of the anxiety for you. You will likely feel quite proud of yourself for doing it, because I know I did, which should then allow your positivity to snowball. And before you know it, your financial situation will look drastically different to before. Secondly, you need to create a buffer, some breathing space between you and potential mishaps or disasters. And this breathing space is a bit of money set aside, which is essentially you self-insuring yourself. For many, the fear of your car breaking down or the boiler exploding is what a lot of money anxiety is caused from. And this sadly is because the majority of people just don't have any or certainly enough savings. Most people are living month to month. According to a survey conducted by Yorkshire Building Society in 2021, 26% of people in the UK have less than £500 saved in a savings account or an emergency fund. And truthfully, I would I would argue that stat that is actually much worse than that. Not only because the survey was conducted just after lockdowns where many people boosted their savings because they couldn't physically spend any of their money, but also because who is actually taking part in those studies? Either way, the point remains. There's a significant number of people that don't have enough to cover relatively small emergencies. And in an ideal world, people should have three to six months worth of bare bones expenses kept in a separate account. But even having just a couple of hundred pounds set aside is going to alleviate the money anxiety and better prepare you for unexpected financial payments. And I know for me, the money would just burn a hole in my pocket. When I used to get money unexpectedly, or whether it was a bonus payment from work or just money I got from somewhere I didn't anticipate getting, the first place my mind went was where am I going to spend this money? Never for a second did it cross my mind to just have a little backstop, put the money set aside and just don't allocate it to anything, just just have it there. But instead, I always ended up getting back to zero before the month ended. And this really is how most people live their lives and it is causing some unnecessary stress for a lot of people. In today's financial climate, it seems like a momentous task to build up an emergency fund considering the price of absolutely everything rising rapidly. But that is the reason why you need to push a little bit further now, so that your finances are safeguarded going forward before potentially things get even worse. I managed to scrape together some money by picking up some overtime at work. I asked for any work on the side. For me in particular, I picked up some bartending jobs at events on the weekends uh, whenever I had a weekend off, which then allowed me actually to build up some money pretty quickly you're likely to have a skill that you can use elsewhere on a second job potentially or selling stuff online. 
there's always something that everybody can do. You just need to do a bit of soul searching and figure out how you can monetize your skills. Before I knew it, I felt like I was heading in the right direction and I had this real sense of ownership that just snowballed over time and got me debt-free much quicker and got me into the, you know, the glamorous stuff like investing. And in my opinion, the emergency fund should be kind of your first step in taking the reins of your money. It may potentially be the first time you've ever had just a bit of money set aside just in case. It's going to help you then potentially get debt-free afterwards and then move on to things like investing. Okay, Another way to alleviate money anxiety is potentially what sounds like a boring one, but I promise you it's not, is to create a budget. And this links in quite nicely to the first point of taking stock of where you're at. Budgeting is essentially taking stock every single month, noting your income and planning your outgoings so that there are no surprises. Or if there are surprises, you're prepared for them. This is a huge one for people who just cruise through life on a reasonable salary that don't feel like money management is a necessary thing for them. And it's a trap. And if you fall into this category, be very careful because you are susceptible to lifestyle creep or lifestyle inflation, whereby you're always just going to find your lifestyle matches or exceeds your income without any forethought. The feeling of financial security without a budget is an illusion for most people. And unless you earn a few hundred thousand pounds a year, where it would be difficult to outspend your income with kind of average lifestyle, you need to plan what you're doing with your money every single month. And even if you are somebody who's lucky enough to be on a very high income, you still need to do a budget as you're going to have more resources to manage, meaning you're going to have more stress if you don't manage them properly. The good thing is once you've done it once, and in particular if you use a budget spreadsheet, then the template is just ready to go to update the next month and so on. So it just becomes quicker and quicker every time. You may only have to make a few adjustments every single time you do it. And if you want a pre-made spreadsheet, then you can download my budget spreadsheet from frugalspender.co.uk. And I myself use this spreadsheet. I designed it around a zero-based budgeting system where it helps you allocate every single penny of your money before you get paid into three categories, needs, wants, and savings. And truthfully, you don't need to use my spreadsheet. You can make your own or just use a pen and paper. But the feedback I've got so far from it is that people really do get some benefit managing their money using it. Budgeting is just one of those skills that for the first sort of three months, you're likely to make some mistakes. The big one being underestimating your food expenditure. Pretty much everyone I speak to thinks they spend less money on food than they do. So what you need to do with budgeting is be both honest and realistic at the same time. You've got to remember that this is your blueprint for the month ahead. So there's just no point in lying to yourself. It can't just be some exercise where you go, yeah, yeah, I'll spend £200 when you know for a while you're likely to spend 300 or 400 You're better off overestimating and then you have more money to allocate elsewhere at the end of the month than under allocating. And there's just no point in your budgeting, is there? You really are the only person that's going to suffer from not doing it properly. But after a couple of months of budgeting, it'll become second nature and you're just going to really want to do it for the rest of your life because you're going to feel the difference it makes to your finances. For most people, it feels like you've had a pay increase when you start to cut back on unnecessary subscriptions and payments and then you increase your savings and your investments and you watch your net worth head in the right direction. And finally, it's good practice to review your financial situation regularly. This doesn't need to be every month, but I wouldn't go any longer than every three months without setting aside an hour to update your numbers. And when I say review your finances, I mean taking stock again, but probably on a more bird's eye view approach. So I track mine once again in a very simple spreadsheet that just lists what my family and I own versus what we owe. And the number that we end up with is our current net worth. 
I list the totals of all my savings, investments, assets, such as cars and houses, and then list all the liabilities for us, which is just a mortgage, really. And this is an indication of our overall financial health. The number at the bottom of the spreadsheet should be going up every single time I review my money. And this acts as a motivator because it reminds you that what you are doing is actually working. These are tangible numbers that can be used alongside any goal. For example, if one of your financial goals is to become a millionaire, which is a pretty popular one, this is where you're going to track your progress. And you can even estimate how long it's going to take you to get there based on what's happened over the last few months or years. And by this point, you probably noticed that most of the things you can do to alleviate the anxiety around money is all about facing the truth and taking stock of where you are. This is because it removes the unknowns, something that we as humans just don't normally like. By facing facts, you will be much more prepared to take the correct course of action to improve your situation. And the last thing that I wanted to touch on in this episode is positivity around money. This again is something that I consciously need to work on because my relationship with money up until my late 20s just wasn't very good. I still have negative feelings around money and I need to actively try and get rid of them. This can manifest in two different directions, in my opinion. Either you are somebody who hoards their money too much and is afraid to spend it on things that will actually improve your life or make you happy, or you impulsively buy too many things that you think are going to make you happy, but you kind of know they won't. Both of these examples aren't good. They're not healthy. For me, being intentional with my purchases and having a feeling of gratitude around what I have is what keeps me in the most balanced state of positivity when it comes to my money. I try to make rational decisions around spending money, but also I try not to hold back on a purchase that I think I actually will really enjoy. An example here could be a weekend away with my family somewhere that we've just not been before. Even if it costs more than I would have previously been comfortable spending, I am trying to consider the non-tangible benefits of a purchase and in that case would be memories that potentially will stay with us forever. Spend a little bit of time considering your thoughts and feelings around your purchases. Are you somebody that doesn't buy anything and squirrels away your pennies too much or are you somebody that's a bit too frivolous and have a bit more of a YOLO attitude to life? Either way, try and consider how you could find a bit more balance in your life and relieve some money anxiety using some of the tips from this episode. And there you go, guys. Thank you so much for getting this far. I hope this episode was useful. I know that for me, sort of 10 years ago, I would definitely have taken something from it. And I just hope that this motivates you to potentially make some change in your financial life. And as always, guys, if you want to support the podcast, you can do so by leaving me a review on whichever app that you currently listen on. The podcast is growing more and more each week, which is awesome. But more reviews would mean that more people who aren't necessarily looking for this information may hear it when they need it the most. Until next week, peace.